Laser, make sure you just get right up on that mic. I'm right up on this get mic. Off, get up on it. Hey, hey, girl. All right, I think we're good. All right. Welcome to the best idea of all time. It's a podcast where we watch the movie Carol every week and we talk about the movie Carol every week. My name is Laser. My name is Alice. What episode is this? 17. 17. And we have an incredible special guest. We have a great guest. An amazing guest. Uh, she is an actor and a comedian and a writer and author. Heard of it. And her name is Riley Silverman. Hi, Riley. Hello. We didn't ask you how you wanted to be introduced. How was that? I think that was great. Okay. I loved it. It was like my intro was flung out of space. It was I should have started with author. I feel like that's the you're a Star Wars. You built to it. Yeah, I wrote a Star Wars. Yeah. And you're wearing a George Lucas hat, so it works out good. Yes. Um yeah. we're so happy to have you. Your glasses are green. And you are probably our most enthusiastic guest. Beating down the doors. Yeah, I harassed. Show. I harassed them both to be on the <laughs> no, show. No, and we wanted to have you. That it just took us. It took well, you us were in too Scotland. Long. It's fair. Um. So Carol, the movie Carol. Yeah. How do we usually start? Um. How Riley? When did you see the movie Carol? And do you like it? I do. <laughs> uh, I saw it in theaters in 2015. I saw oh, wow. it at the NoHo Lemley Theater. I saw it with the exact kind of crowd that you would think someone would say here all their lesbians in. Oh, okay. Because I don't know. So there's like a thing where if you go see movies a lot in the afternoon, there are a lot of senior citizen couples that will, who are like retired and need things to do. So if you go to the movies a lot during the day, you will see a lot of older couples who will see literally any movie that is playing. And so I have sat for movies that don't feel like they would appeal to that demographic. <laughs> like I sat, I remember I, I saw Bruno in a theater full of those oh, kind of God. folk. And I, uh, <laughs> I saw Bruno in a theater like that in Columbus, Ohio. My hometown. Yeah. yeah. It was a w- experience. I don't know if I, Bruno I, came I, out I, in Ohio or not. I have not seen the movie Bruno. Don't, do not see the movie Bruno. Okay, great. Yeah, you did the right thing. If Bruno came out before 2010, then you saw it not far from me because I saw it in Ohio, I yeah, think. I yeah. did see it before 2010. I thought we yeah. weren't supposed to talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's our show, everybody. He told me that the lesbians <laughs> in the movie that we just watched. Um, uh, yeah, but I have. Yeah, I, I saw it when it came out. I had read the book not long before. I knew the movie was coming out. So oh, I read the book. Oh, wow. Because I was so a, I, a true scholar. I did, indeed. I I had started transitioning in 2015. I was out already. I was out as trans for a while, but I was doing kind of gender fluid before I decided to transition fully. Mm-hmm. And I ha- had had a couple of years where I was consuming a lot of the queer media that I had missed over the course of like time or hadn't had. Like I remember, I there was that movie that when I was a kid was always at the rental store and I never had the courage to rent it, which was like the. It's got a long title, but it's like the incredible true story of two girls in love or whatever. It was like a whole like oh. long, like elaborate title. Do you know but this movie, Alice? I, I vaguely know this movie, okay. yes. But it basically everyone, the shorthand for it was just two girls in love because it was like had a very long, longer title and then right. two girls in love on the thing. And so it was always like, how can I get my blockbuster to rent me this without my family finding out that I rented <laughs> it kind of yeah. thing? So I never did. They watched it. I don't rec- necessarily recommend going back for it. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 fine. But yeah, I think around that time, I also dug into like the old uh, original seasons of The L Word, stuff like that. And then when I knew that this movie Carol was coming out, then I found out it was based on a book. So I went and read that book. 
So wow, yeah, okay, so the deep, price of salt, deep scholar. And you you said that you've watched this movie many times since then. Yeah, it was one of those ones for a while when I got it on DVD that I would just kind of put it on at night when I was going to bed and just let it play. And mm-hmm. yeah, I watched it a lot when I first got it on video because I was. I was very enamored with it. I think it's a very well-made movie and it's very infective. Uh, not infective, but like addictive. Like, yeah. Yeah. It infects you like and a infe- virus. Yeah. It affects you like a virus so that yeah. you become a lesbian. Yeah. Um, I was very straight until I saw this movie. <laughs> yeah, it happens. And then I became a lesbian. It happens. It's, you're not the only guest to say that. Yeah. Um, I have to say this watch was delightful for me um, because you both had just such big smiles on your face, especially <laughs> at the beginning. Like this is, it's one of my favorite scenes to watch Alice watch. The like Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett like for the gloves scene, which I know both of you have a lot of gloves talk just in your life about dropping off gloves and trying to pick up girls with yeah. gloves. <laughs> a famous Riley tweet, I think. And, yeah, I spend and, my holidays dropping gloves off at every department store yeah. and hoping someone will send them back to me. It's it's a lot. Um. So, uh, what what? How was how did this watch treat you? It was fun. I think this is the first time. No, it's not the first. I've watched it with friends before because it was one of those movies where. Anyone who was remotely queer or interested in the concept of queerness, I would make watch this with me if they hadn't watched it yet. And so I think this is like the third podcast I've, I've <laughs> talked about it on because I, I, a friend of mine and I tried to do a podcast that never got off the ground where we watched lesbian like films and TV shows and stuff. And it was called We Like Girls. Yeah. And we watched it for that. And then I was a guest on there's a romance podcast called Agents of Smooch that I've been on a few times. <laughs> mm, and incredible. we watched Carol for that. So this is the third. This is I'm a. I'm a professional Carol podcast guest, so if you have a Carol podcast, it. I'm happy to do it. So, so, so we'll see you next week and every week until the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, ladies, going to go on tour. Maybe you can sub in. Yeah, I'll be gone. Um, incredible. Um, Alice, how did this watch treat you? This watch was good. We discovered some new things, which is always exciting. Yes, we did. We tried to identify a double lamp, but it wasn't a double lamp. Right, but we did identify that Ted, Jack, Jack. Is in the movie twice. Yes, he is the he's our bookend boy, and he also is the uh, guy that they run into when they're drunk after the bar. Right, that they they accuse of being socialists, or yeah, communists, or both. Yeah, um, yeah I think it means all the same thing in the fifties. That's true. Does the House on American Activities Committee know that you're back in town? Yeah, so that was exciting for me. My kid brother, jerk revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what else did we realize? Oh, we we we. Spend a long time going back to freeze frame on the stenographer's face. Yes, the yeah, stenographer in the in the, the the divorce hearing or the the custody hearing. Yeah, which is was worth it. Yeah, because she looked really sad. Because Kate Blanchett was sad. She looks really like pursing sad. her lips and everything. It's like whole thing. Yes. Yeah, and then I very much enjoyed getting to point out the the Freud kiss. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, I was a little worried when I saw, like, because I got so excited about it last week. I was a little worried that seeing it again, it wouldn't like have the same impact. And no, no, it's better than I remember. You won't. Be, it's gonna feel more and more extreme as you go through it. I I noticed this stenographer we talked about. Stenographer has this long roll of paper in front yeah. of her, which means that she had just transcribed that speech that yeah. that Carol delivered. And so that's like on. It's all in stenographer shorthand, right in front of her. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they said it might, it was going to be off the record, and then, and then Carol was like, "No, transcribe <laughs> this. I'm about to go off, and it's going to be amazing. You're I'm going to go off to... on the record. <laughs> it's going to be the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an amazing movie. Okay, Riley, you took so many notes, and I, I would did. really just like to know what you have to say about I, the movie. These are just like Carol. things pop up at okay. some point. So, well, and we talked about it already. I didn't really realize until 
mo- more recent viewings that the boat trip was in itself like a marriage proposal. It was right. Like, and I even, I think it took me a long time to realize that it was a boat trip. Because I'm like, oh, right, in the 50s, you wouldn't just buy plane tickets. You would you would sail to, that was a big thing. It's he, like a huge commitment. She, she made him buy boat tickets. She, That's he, right. She he made me buy boat tickets. He got a better job for her, which is still as a, as a thing to say, like, I got a better job right. for you. Like, it's not like I got a worse job that was better paying. No, right. I got a better job. For but you. Isn't that good? But also, yeah. also, he worked at the department store. Yeah. And he's like a manager or something. I, Move, I don't know. Moving up in the world. Yeah, and he did that for her, which is so sad. <laughs> I'm know. so sad that happened. He used to just be a stock boy. Now he's a manager. How dare? Yeah, real, real gosh darn shame. Uh-huh. Um, what else you got? Uh, see, I don't want to, I'm like beat by beat. It's all the movie <laughs> in NoHo. That's on there. Um, yeah, so I think like, the big thing for me, because I, like I said, I read the book before I saw the movie. Yes. And I had a really hard time when reading the book at first relating because it's so from Teresa's point of view. Yes. And I never had that experience of being like 19 or 20 and being able to like openly have a crush on like another woman and those kind of things. Like, or at least where people thought of me as queer. I was read as hetero coded at the time. So it's a very like interesting thing for me. And Carol feels so larger than life in the book because she's only being filled with this woman who is head over heels in love with her. Mm-hmm. So it was a hard for me like, to connect with anybody in the book at first. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so that that's interesting to me because I read a lot of like queer young adult fiction, like like girls in high school liking other girls. And while I don't, I didn't also get to have that experience because I I came out as trans much later in life. Um, I do feel like I can relate to it, you know, in a certain way. I feel like I can now. Okay. I feel like I had to go. I think what's interesting about this story, both book and movie, is that. I think good stories over time, your allegiances to characters change yes. and your connections change. And this is one that very much has been like that for me. It's kind of like the musical last five years where you can really, depending on how you're feeling when you listen to it, you might really align with one partner over the other. And so, so how does that apply to Carol for you? Well, with Carol, when I saw the movie, I deeply related to Carol. Okay. Because I really read Carol in the movie as being a much sadder character than mm. in the book, mm. and I well, yeah, she is much sadder in because yeah. in the in the book she's she's so not in it in in so many ways. Like she, like like her character is so different in the book, and because it's Therese's point of view, yeah, you only get little bits and pieces of her, and she's such a like motherly figure. Yeah, and I felt like at the time, especially if Carol's supposed to be like in her mid thirties, I was about in my like early to mid thirties when I was starting the transition. Yeah. So it was really connecting, and I, I kind of felt like I related more to Carol as someone who was coming out and connecting with herself later in life. Mm. Even down to I feel like the way that Carol is trying to get free of Harge, I felt like I was getting free of like my assumed male previous self. Yes. So I had a very similar like kind of like mentally abusive relationship with my like the assigned gender that I had and the way I was living my life or whatever so that like Carol just immediately related more to me then I think I've come around on being more relatable to to Therese as well because I know that feeling of like longing and so we talk like in the book there's the set we talked about it earlier watching the movie but there's the section in the book that's not in the movie it's in the script where Therese goes home first with like a sad old lady from the yeah. department store and like is that her house wants a friend I like 
this is something we should talk about this because like okay i never read any of that as romantic or her pursuing this woman it seemed very much like this woman just like therese wanted anyone to talk to this woman is the only one who wanted to talk to her and then the woman starts like talking about how she's gonna make her a dress because that's what she used to do yeah and so again it felt very motherly but like i never i never viewed that as like romantic okay well then i have a very different point of view on that than Uh, you because go off um and this is obviously a subjective point of view but it's objectively correct in that (laughs) um and that here's why i think that i read it differently is because prior to me coming out i definitely had a couple of years where i would go on like craigslist and kind of have these like attempted queer hookups or whatever Mm. that were like creepy and like not what I really wanted and did not make me feel better about what I was trying to do or help me at all. Mm -hmm. But I also remember like testing the waters with those things. And what I read the first time I read the book was in that scene, I, I read both Therese and this lady as being so repressed that they both really wanted something to happen, but were also like, I don't think Therese was actually like attracted to this woman. I think she was like, okay, let me I just mean, she go. She talks f- about how ugly she yeah, is. Yeah, no, she, she's genuinely not attracted. <laughs> but I think, but I think that's her talking her. I think that's her yeah. getting there, being like, okay, in the moment, I was excited to go home with this woman. Now that I'm here, what am I doing? I'm in over my head. She's not yeah. attractive to me, like, and she's very sad and lonely. And I'm gonna pretend to be asleep. So that yeah, that's very relatable. Actually, that's yeah. a really interesting. I mean, and that's like, I mean, first of all fucking art you know we're all reading our own stuff into it and what did i love how strong the opinions are yeah about this. and I, I think i think the like but, yeah. the reason why i think of it too is because of talking about patricia highsmith and like how a lot of this book is autobiographical so i'm wondering if she had like a mm. really uncomfortable hookup early on that she kind of like made into fiction into this book but i, mean, I yeah to to hear what they say in, in Fung Out of Space the graphic novel she had a lot of those and, <laughs> yeah and yeah. she was pretty miserable as a lesbian yeah, which brings me to my my big, my Pepe Sylvia trolley <laughs> day of lesbianism uh, conspiracy board. I which love this. Is how I come to Genevieve Riley, Carrie Brownstein. I, you've been, you've been, I, been like, please let me give my Genevieve theories. My my fear for is that my fear was that I wouldn't be on the show before somebody else would say the exact same <laughs> thing that I was you? gonna say, and I was like, no, I want, I want, and every time she's come up. I'm like, they're going to say what I think about it. And I was it's so ruin excited. It, okay, okay. And it hasn't please, happened please, yet. Please just say it. <laughs> so in my opinion, this, this is probably, I probably have built it up way too much. I'm texting so the two of you. Yeah. My, in my opinion, the Genevieve scene is the bookend to the record store lesbian scene. So yeah. throughout the book, especially in, in, in movies, a lot more unspoken is Therese wrestling with the idea of herself being a lesbian. Yeah. Yes. And when she has gotten back, so when she sees the, the bookstore lesbians, the breakfast store lesbians, she's going, oh, those are lesbians. That's what lesbians look like. I am not, I don't look like that. I don't identify with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, a, I'm not like that. Well, that's not and who then, I am. And then in the movie, she immediately has that conversation where she says like, not one of those people, but just someone who happened to fall in love with. Yeah. That, a, that a conversation girl. is spur- spurned on by the fact that she sees two lesbians that she doesn't relate to at all. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So then you have Carol becomes like this huge figure in her life. And mm-hmm. then she goes off with Carol on this whirlwind romantic, like road trip that ends badly. And then she gets very burned by Carol. And at first she's like obsessed with Carol still and like calling her and trying to hook up with her still. And like Carol, like ignoring her and trying to like leave her out of her life. 
long enough for Therese to have convinced herself that her infatuation with Carol was just this wild whim that she had. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And she's like talked herself out of her own. And I think in the book, there's a lot of like moments of Therese kind of like second guessing her feelings for Carol and how lost she was. And I think she internalizes a little bit of what Richard says to her in his letter. Yeah. Right. It's like this, that was, that was a I weird mean, thing that I was doing. Yeah. I mean, his letters were pretty dark. And also yeah. in the book, there's a lot more actual rejection of, of Therese. Like Therese wants to see Carol and Carol's and Carol through Abby, I believe says, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. Whereas in, whereas it's not just like she calls and she, and she knows she's there, but she's not saying anything. It's actual, you need to get out of my life, Therese. Yeah. So she has this, like, she's convinced herself. She's basically, like, lied to herself. Like, I'm not a lesbian. I just had this weird attraction, this uh, this attachment to this one person. It's Kate Blanchett. Who wouldn't? Exactly. Yeah. I got, I, I got, I, w- I was looking for meaning in my life. I found this larger-than-life, glamorous woman, and I, I got whenever I had her heels for it. But I'm past that now, and I'm normal again. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to this party, and she first she meets with Carol, Carol kind of gives her the in of like, I, you, you can come back with me, but she's still so deep in herself, like yeah. her new repression. And then she goes to this party and she sees Genevieve. And in that moment of talking to Genevieve is like, I am very attracted to this woman. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. And like knowing that Genevieve is also queer, it's very clearly implied that Genevieve is queer and is making a pass at Therese. And then mm-hmm. we know there's a deleted scene in the book and then script where Genevieve's making out with another woman in front of Therese, which is like, so this is a queer person. Yeah. Well, well, not just in front of Therese, but visible through a window from the street. Yeah. Which I think is actually key because it's like, Genevieve is so comfortable. It's not just like hidden in back rooms and getting caught by by men randomly. It's so willing to be visible that you can see it from the street. Yeah. So I think that Therese, and that that's cut out, but I think that it's the same principle, which is that in that moment of meeting Genevieve, Therese immediately recognizes with just in that split second of talking to her, I'm attracted to her. She is queer. I'm queer. I'm in love with Carol. And then she goes and finds Carol. So that's that, really interesting because that's kind yeah. of the opposite of what some of what we've been thinking. But I, I really like that. I don't actually. Well, so that's interesting. I don't actually know that that's. I, I feel like that is kind of what we've talked about, at least yeah. in my mind. Um, um, I mean, this this is a really, I think, really well well founded theory. Yeah. Um, like the thing, the thing you describing this made me realize is like when they have the meeting, because like this is the thing that has confounded me this whole time is is like how does Therese go from "I miss you" to "I don't want to move in with you," "I don't want your cigarette," yeah. and part of it I think is also that. Carol is just so vulnerable and so like weak in the first part of that meeting. Yeah. And as soon as Jack appears, it's like like a spell is cast and she is immediately the cool strong woman again and Therese is the is Therese is the like fledgling like like new person. Yeah. And I think that's what cuz like that's the first time after that after Jack shows up and and Carol leaves, that's when Therese starts to look like she's having second thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's also perfectly timed too because right before Jack speaks. Mm-hmm. Carol tells Therese, "I love you," and it and it's and it's so like her the way she talks is so like pleading and kind of pathetic in a way, and I and I wonder like because like Genevieve comes up and she has a lot of confidence. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, this is yeah. this is good. This is good hashtag Carol talk. Yeah, I think the I think the I love you 
Jack arriving, Carol getting her composure back. It all shakes Therese from her like yes. she's built this Jenga tower for herself of like I don't need this woman. I'm not, I'm not actually in love with this woman. Right. I was just having a, a wild young flight of fancy, mm-hmm. and then I think that Carol saying I love you. I think Jack showing up. It's all these blocks being pulled out of this tower. Mm-hmm. And then Genevieve walking up with all the swagger and confidence in the world of a Carrie Brownstein traveling through time, <laughs> walks up to her okay, and so, so immediately you... walks up with her. I, I'm saying because I've listened to the podcast. No, but, <laughs> but, but do you agree? She just doesn't look like someone from the 50s. Here's my thing. I don't know if it's that she doesn't look like someone from the 50s or she looks like someone who has already traveled from the 50s to the present anyway and now is yeah. going back. And we're just so used to her being in the present day now. Because I feel like she looks a little bit timeless. But I think I think it's that because she's so specifically Carrie Brown. Sure. Like, I think that we are the exact people in the world that go, oh my God, it's Carrie Brownstein when we see her. Maybe, maybe because she did like seven seasons of Portlandia. Maybe that's what I'm like. That's what I'm reading. Yeah. Maybe she did. Yeah, she is. She does look very like a Portland hip hipster because she's so burned in our brains as of that. She, well, yeah. yeah, she became the stereotype of a Portland hipster by doing in that show. Yeah, a whole a whole theater full of of queer like indie kids would see Carrie Brownstein walk in that scene. And I'm, I'm sure the entire theater, if it wasn't full of Hair the lesbian old couples when I yeah. was there would have gasped. It's Carrie Brownstein. Like that would yeah. have been what happened in that moment. Right. It's a little bit like the like, um, can you hear me now guy walking into a scene or something like that. It's just like <laughs> this is very disturbing yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. But or, it makes, or, it makes um, sense. Um the progressive lady, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Oh, God bless her. Yeah, because the the girl from the woman who's in the AT&T commercials. Yeah. Is in Werewolves Within, and it's very strange to see yes. her walk in. Squirrel <laughs> she, girl, you mean? Squirrel girl, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. incredible. Um, I would like a Carol Collection Corner. Do you have one? Okay, yes. So I, while we were watching, I paused the movie in the scene where they are in Philadelphia at the diner because it's relevant. On Christmas Day. So, on Christmas Day because it was the only reference I could find for this. Here's here's one. Ooh. And then here is... Neither of us saw this coming. Here is the <laughs> other one. Wow. Okay. Nice. I have just been handed a gold-colored uh, cigarette case. It's very pretty. It's it's got a nice clasp. It's probably not good podcasting. Yeah. Whoa! I've been given a fire. Yeah, I've been given a lighter. matching butane lighter. Right. So. That was way more functional than I thought it was when I was playing with it to see <laughs> if I could get it to turn on. Because I had a couple of clicks where it wasn't coming in, and then it was like, whoop, there's the house being burned down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been having some trouble getting these to consistently work. Um, so I can tell you about these. These are made by a company called Evans. They are one of the they are one of the the major um, manufacturers of lighters from this time period. Um, they are what they call the Art Deco style, oh, nice. which is to explain they have these vertical lines. They have these um, small like rectangles on them. These are these these rectangles are meant to be monogrammed. Mm. Um, and specifically, I had to. I had to look at that specific point in the movie, which is why I pointed it out to you, I guess, ruining the surprise of this Carol Collection yeah. Corner, because there are actually tons of different styles of these lighters. So I also have... Oh. Here's a silver one. Oh, wow. Here's a here's another gold one, but a, with, a, with, a, with the monogram position in a different place. Interesting. Oh, this one has like a... The silver one's a little bit safer with the fire than yeah. the gold one was. Yeah. Um, and then here's another one, same same idea, basically. So oh, nice. the mo- so the monogram position on this one is on the left, whereas in the one in the movie, it's on the it's on the it's in the middle. Well, maybe they filmed the scene in mirror image, and you can just pretend that it was. <laughs> well, no, it's in the middle, so you it would be mirror oh yeah, image, no matter right. what. Um, it also, was filmed in mirror image, so everything was like a centimeter to the left. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, also, none of these lighters worked when I bought them, and so I actually went through the process of of repairing them and restoring them. Classic Alice. I love it. Um, They're so, pretty. So I spent the last two weeks like buying lighter parts and grinding dirt off of the grind <laughs> wheels and stuff. Um, These are like kind of lighters that like someone like like a James Dean lights on his shoe in a yeah. movie. Very good. Got that. Yeah. This reminds me of a lighter that I had as a kid that um had a little dragon head that popped up and shot fire out of it. Even though I didn't smoke, but I like made my dad buy me a lighter. I mean, that's cool. It had a dragon on it. Because you were cool, it and you are cool. cool. Right, but also I have this this great cigarette case and this great lighter. I have to start smoking now. <laughs> no, Alice, I'm not gonna let you buy a car, and it I'm not gonna let so you start cool. smoking. It looks so cool. Look at this. Yeah, no, that's a lot of fire. <laughs> I mean, you could just have fire with you if you just want to have yeah, like a fire pit. Fire, just in general. Listen, you can get into all kinds of dangerous hobbies, but I'm I'm worried about the smoking. Um, okay. You can roll marijuana cigarettes. Those are a little bit safer for you. I, that is so on uh, just against God's laws. I, I've received <laughs> advice that you should never smoke weed. You should only eat weed. Yes, that's what I do whenever I have it, which is not often. <laughs> okay, what else do we have on your list? <laughs> uh, that's not a ton of. Well, we we talked here in the movie. I figured out my my six degrees of separation from Carol. Oh yes, is this very is very fun. exciting. We you are you are an actress, yes. and so you have been in <laughs> several. Uh, I was gonna say lots of queer media but i guess it becomes inherently queer when you show up it's true yeah, <laughs> yeah. i well, yeah i played i played essentially a fictionalized version of myself on take my wife yeah uh my wife great show, no. great show. yeah it's a really good show yeah should I, can I, wait wait can i should i, should I go on my CISO rant now <laughs> I, gave, <laughs> I gave laser this rant like last week you're tired of people complaining about CISO. i'm tired of people making jokes about CISO. cnn plus lasted like three weeks CISO <laughs> was around for a year yeah. quibi didn't make it a year make Fair. a quibi joke Okay, don't make a quibby joke to me. But yeah. I well, actually, Alice made a very good quibby joke. Follow Alice on Twitter. Okay, tell us, tell us your six degrees. What did you figure out? So I was also in a movie called Too Late, which was a comedy horror movie where I played myself. And in the I movie didn't was even know this. Yeah, I'm so sorry, it's alright. It came out about a year ago. Okay, um, and I fil- I filmed it in 2019. It got distribution last year. It was a gravitas release. Ooh. Um, but yeah, it was a it's a movie called Too Late. It's got Ron Livingston in it. Uh, not Ron Livingston. Ron um the Too Late. Too late. Uh, the the for tomorrow show. Ron. Oh, uh, Ron Lynch. Ron Lynch. Thank you. Ron Livingston is the actor from from Swingers, which is a very different <laughs> performance. Wait, and, and and Office Space. Yeah, and Search Party. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so you were in a movie with Ron Lynch. Yeah, so I was in a movie with Ron Lynch, but also Fred Armisen, who is on Portlandia with Carrie Brownstein, who time traveled into Carol and and made Therese realize she was gay, so she can go move in with I'd Carol. Time travel into Carol. You so, know what I mean? Yeah. I do. It's a sex thing. Yeah. Uh, At one point watching the movie, Laser was like, would you have sex with Kate Blanchett if she asked you to? I'm like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Right. And then I said, and you wouldn't? (laughs) No, I would. I was just, you were both so enamored with Carol in that scene and it was making me really happy. And you were just, (laughs) she's a very attractive woman. She turns it on. Yeah. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't know how Kate Blanchett's husband ever accomplishes anything or, yeah, right? or has any whims of his own because mm. she just like turns her head and smiles at him yeah. and, and he would do anything. Yeah. I mean, and he should. And if he doesn't, then he should feel bad. That's the pro- I think I think he gets things done when she's off filming Marvel movies that take like six months. To That's film. why she has to keep making movies so that he, her husband can get things done. Yeah. So like, I had this script called Where Do You Go, Bernadette? Make it. I don't care what it's about. Just you make it. Just get out of here. <laughs> 
Uh, I need I also to take played, a shower. <laughs> I played werewolf Corin Tucker, who is uh, Carrie's bandmate in uh, oh. Later Kenny. So I played Excellent. that at a Max FunCon. So I have a lot of connections to this film, it turns out. So and and from Ohio, where so they filmed it. Werewolf, uh, six degrees of separation. I like to imagine that they had a werewolf game on the set of Carol. Oh, of course they did. <laughs> yeah, and then, Carol was always the werewolf. Carol was always the werewolf. Luck of the draw, it worked out perfect. Wait, wait, okay. This this is reminding me. I did, we had this conversation earlier this week, and you've actually acted in projects. Yes. The group text amongst cast members. <laughs> How does that start? I'm not famous enough to have been part of one of those. Okay. So I but, assume that they go, let's not invite Riley to this kid, this group sure, text. Sure, sure. And that's first how it all, begins. First of all, before we start, no, before allowed. we even talk about creating a group text, we're all agreed that Riley's not invited? Yes. Okay, yeah. great. Now, should we have a group text? Yeah. Now that we've agreed that Riley's not okay. invited. You, yeah. But do you know anything about this? Like, like, I, I always hear about like, oh, our cast had a group text and we were and we were talking about I mean, this. And I, just... I've had them in like improv classes. And sure, stuff, sure, sure. And like that like... makes sense. I like I don't have a group text with my coworkers. I guess we have Slack. That kind of is it, but here's, not really. Here's my feeling on it. I bet you it happens after production. I think it probably happens more when people are beginning their press tours and sure. things because they're probably like texting things to each other that a they either they can't talk about elsewhere like hey let's talk like let's have like a place to vent about stuff and also like checking in and like like keeping each other like grounded or not grounded sense. but having someone who knows what you've been through to talk to like compare notes with hey if you're going kimmel this is what he did with me so that kind of thing yeah. would be fun i don't know oh but. this makes a lot of sense talking shit about kimmel yeah okay so we we I had think most group texts are they, about if, talking if, crap on kimmel it's all, almost 90% of all text messages. And this podcast. <laughs> group, that group, te- group texts are, are don't have Riley and yeah. also fuck Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> the don't have Riley is an in-person conversation before we start. Yeah. Um, the, the, okay. If So my thought was if there was a Carol group text during production, I have a thought of who I think started it. Okay. I want to hear. I think it was Danny McElroy. Okay. Because I think it would have been one of the groups of people that filmed together several scenes yeah and so i think and it would i think that a group text is probably started by one of the less famous people who's like well let's all chat so i think it was danny McElroy because he still has a lot of lines he has like enough balls to like make it happen yeah yeah danny phil jake lacy yeah and then rooney and then rooney and then rooney's like oh no let's invite kate she'd love it and then um and then harge is like i want to get in on that (laughs) Were you guys texting? I feel like in real life, everyone would be excited to have Kyle Chandler in their text chain. Absolutely. Like, of course, yeah. he's beloved. Yeah. He is, but they none of them film scenes with him, so they would have to, like, he'd have to be like, they'd be like, well, I don't know if Kyle would want, and then he's like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Let's all go play pinball. At, at, at the rap a- party or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Let me give you an inspirational speech. That's what I'm good at. So. <laughs> I feel like, I like to imagine they add Kate Blanchett to the group text, and the first text is Kate Blanchett saying, "What is this?" And then, <laughs> and then they explain it to her, and the next message is Kate Blanchett has left the chat. <laughs> Incredible. My theory was that she well, wait. Alice said she never texts. Right. She never texts. She she gets added, but she does. She doesn't look at it. She doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And my theory was she doesn't. And the, but then at one point later, she references something that happened in the group yeah, text, you're right, and everybody it. was like. Oh God! I thought she wasn't reading it. Yeah, and, and now we're all like scared of like, what did we say in there? And Kate was listening the whole time. I feel like that's a Sarah Paulson move. That's what Sarah Paulson oh, would do. God, oh, so yeah, much. and also gossiping to Holland Taylor. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think Sarah Paulson is super active in that chat and always sending selfies. With, oh yeah, with Holland Taylor. I think Sarah and Kate had their own separate text mm-hmm. thread that's happening outside of the group chat, talking about what's happening in the group chat. <laughs> 
This is gonna be this is gonna be our new question that we ask everyone. <laughs> also, have you been in have you been in a production related group chat? How and also what do you think the, the Carol production related group chats were we, like? We we yeah. started so we had one for the cast of our musical. None of those people listen to this podcast, so I can talk about this. Um <laughs> it's true. Um and we had when it was just the cast, um, there were people like chatting and just sending memes and stuff. And now we've added the production staff to it. And now it's just business. Yeah. And of... I think that's what happens when you have things that become business. Don't mind me. I'm just dropping lighters on the floor. It's just, yeah. just real. You think you can have cigarettes? You can't even hold on to a lighter. Come on, Alex. I need something to do with my hands. Well, that's I, why you have knives. I find I'm not this in a true. lot of group chats. I think people don't care for me. But I also <laughs> think that it's because. I, I think what I'm the most of the time when I find myself in a group chat, it's usually con related. Like, oh, we're all going to be at this con. We're going to be a place. That's- it's convenient yeah, it's- to have a a mutual communication point. Yeah, and it's like we can't. It's harder to get on Discord when you're at a con as opposed to having like a WhatsApp or a text right there. And then what happens is then when the con is over, everyone just stays on the chat and keeps going with it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm on literally one group chat, and it's it's me and and, and Laser and former or past guest Molly Lewis. We have one now, all the three of us. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I'm on. I'm on. I'm in a couple, but none of them have Kate Blanchett in them. So. I think I'm technically in a group chat with all y'all for Queer Tea, but yeah. like that's. We should explain what that is. Yeah. It's on WhatsApp, and we don't use it. Oh, yeah. queer. queer well, not everyone's on it. That's part of the problem. So. Yeah, because a lot of people don't use WhatsApp. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, we have done Queer Tea on stream, right? So we can talk about. Oh it? yeah, okay. yeah. Queer Tea is our weekly. What I haven't been in a long time. Um, because I'm having mental health issues. Um. Uh. Uh. What game day? For queer, yeah, games. it's like an afternoon. It's an afternoon hangout, and we play Jackbox games and other stuff. Yeah, we've yeah. been playing Wavelength a lot lately on our phone. I still haven't freaking played Wavelength because I keep not. It's good. It's my fault. That's right. It's, it's my Zoom room. It's, I could it's be easy there. To pick up once we get into it. You'll get into. I it. love. I, I I've played it the game in real life back when that was legal. But okay, yeah. Past past guest Mara Joy was also is also part of that group. Yeah. Yes, it's led to a lot of and Molly Lewis. It's led oh, yeah. to a lot of uh, debates about. Things that are that and like what spectrums not not like argument is made but like fun discussions about what things land on the I, spectrum. Let's see. Let's um how ooh if, what if one of the spectrums was Carol to Therese and you had to put things on that spectrum. Oh my like, gosh. Um, what would you what would you say if you had a fifty percent and there was Carol and Therese? Well, I guess that was easy. You'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what if something was like most of the way to Carol? What clue would you give for? To get there, like a a seventy five percent to Carol um, fondness for Abby. Mm, okay, no, because that would go all the way to Carol. that would go all the way. Um, most of the way to Carol, I would say Jane Lynch trying to romance someone. Mm, okay, I think she's okay. I think she's very Carol. I don't think she's a hundred percent Carol, okay. but I think she's like she's more Carol than she's Therese, obviously. Yeah, she is more okay. That makes me think of a thing that I actually wrote down earlier, which is that I have. It's fun how my thoughts on Carol's game have changed based on listening to your podcast. Oh, because, yeah, yeah. Please tell. Like, I think I think I've realized she's much more confident than I thought she was by listening to y'all. Like, I've always thought Carol, there were times, like, I don't date a ton, but I have dated. And there are times when I'm dating where I will get into a zone with flirting where I am extremely smooth. Uh-huh. But you get, there's a you get voice, in the pocket. Yeah, and there's a voice in my head going, <laughs> 
what is happening right now? What are we doing? How is this happening? And and there and I'm really good and I feel like that's what's happening in Carol's head the entire movie. Interesting. I feel like Carol is is madly throwing amazing game aggressively at Therese. But it's a fluke, you think? I think I think that she I think that there is like that moment of like what are you doing? I I don't know. I never have to yeah. to to I think that she's she's had her thing with with Abby. I don't know how many other dalliances she's a, had. A, a pattern of behavior. Yeah, a pattern of behavior. Whatever. I don't want to mince words. But, um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how much she's had in between Abby and Therese. Right. Or if, like Therese is the first woman. How many she's pairs like, of gloves she's lost. Exactly. I'm, she must have been a fortune on gloves. Yeah. I know I do. So I, I wonder if she just is so attracted to Therese that she's just making it work. Yeah. And but then when I'm listen, I'm like now I'm like maybe I'm wrong about that maybe like I'm maybe I'm that's me projecting my own experiences into well, Carol it's maybe. a little bit. I mean I I think I think there is an aspect that of what you're saying is true, but like the counter evidence I think I'm thinking about is dropping off a gift for for Fred's secretary and knows her name. Um, it's the fact that there's already another woman at the Oak Room with sitting right next to Carol. Yeah. Like, pattern of behavior. She sure. just seems so... Like, I feel like Carol could seduce anyone. <laughs> but how much of that is of... writing of Carol and how much of that is that it's Kate Blanchett playing Carol <laughs> and so she just has that but natural... It, but we can't distinguish the two. That's true. That's true. I, I'm thinking of moments like when she walks up to Therese at the piano and yeah. kind of gives that back rub. And yeah. you can feel like... I feel like she's calculating it in her head like, Okay, if I do this, this might See, be cute. Like, I, yeah. I, I think that is her not, not, not like being cautious. I think that is her making a move, and Therese is so frightened by it that, um, that she re she realizes like, oh, I can't move in on like, like if that was Abby, they're they're making out, right? Yeah. Um, but but Therese is so like stiff from it that she's like, oh, I have to take this slower. And like the, the other like the other one that, that we like talking about is in the McKinley Hotel. Yeah. She 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 leans, she says, um, give me the perfume and she puts her face right next to Therese's face and Therese looks away immediately. And she then she 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 like noticeably pivots to make a joke after that. Yeah, I feel like that kind of straddles the line for me of being extremely smooth or being like, okay, I'm just going to try every move I possibly know and see right. which one finally yeah. makes a landing. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Like, I like I can see what you're saying, and I I think I'm 100% willing to believe that with the more so than I am with the I I think that I'm spot on with Genevieve and and yeah Therese, sure yeah no totally but I think that with this one this is probably a lot of my I, own I don't know baggage. I I really I mean. Listen, I love your baggage, I, but <laughs> I, I really like that interpretation because I think that that is a lot of like, I think sometimes, sometimes I'm pretty good and smooth at stuff, but then like I'll be in a situation and like from the outside, maybe I'm doing a good job, but like literally it's all panic and it's all like, and then you get to a sit thing, a, a move happens in the chess game of queer dating and you didn't expect it and you're like, holy fuck, I have to go. I don't know what's happening. Like, yeah. and, and, and there's so much of this, like especially that house scene where Teresa's playing the piano and like Carol is like looks horny as hell and throwing oh, herself yeah, at Teresa yeah. but she keeps just like saying weird <laughs> shit like she's just like kind of sounds uninterested in a way she's like oh yeah you want to be a photographer you have well, a talent she's, to she's trying to make conversation to get closer to Teresa to get her to open yeah. up and soften up yeah. yeah um they said this on i think they said this on blank check when they talked about this movie on their like 2015 episode, mm. like 
Rooney Mara looks like a frightened bird, so afraid someone's <laughs> going to steal her eggs at all times. I have times. avian bone syndrome. Yes. <laughs> um, and so... I think Carol's trying to deal with that, but she oh, is. She, but but like, I just don't think you can have that much charm and that much game, especially in that scene, if you don't know what you're doing. I guess. Yeah, I I, I think I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, there's. Yeah. A I mean, I I will also say maybe on the page there's an there's definitely interpretation of that. I think once it's Kate Blanchett choosing to play the character this way, yeah, absolutely. Like sure. maybe if Sarah Paulson had played Carol. There could be more timidness to it. Yeah, but more lesbianness. Yes, that's yeah. true. I'm I'm reading it more as like timidness that's being psyched up a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's kind of maybe a mix of it too. And maybe it depends. It might change from scene to scene. Like there are some scenes where she's like, I know there's something here, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna keep pulling it out of her bit right. by bit. Anyway, but, this is just like a really great how to date all three of us. Just if you all know yeah, what our wait, neuroses I are. <laughs> wait, I haven't, I haven't said anything. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be less. Yeah publicly pathetic here okay <laughs> I, but i've had moments where like i've had i there was one time where i was texting a lady and uh, yeah Brag. yeah i did that and at one point like i had been extremely smooth for a while and then mm. i was like out of smooth spoons and i literally <laughs> said to her I, I think we had like made plans and i go i gotta i go i gotta admit i don't know how much longer i can be this smooth and she's like you had me. You had me on board. Like I, it was like it was. So it was a very nice acknowledgement. I think. I think I like at that point was like I'm gonna be vulnerable and, and acknowledge like I know that I'm coming off as extremely like 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 forward right now. Yeah. But I'm out of. I don't know what else to say or do yeah. and stay this cool. And, I mean, yeah, that is. I think in my limited experience, that's the hard thing, which is that everyone wants to be like women want to be pursued because socially that is how we are mm-hmm. raised and. In a lesbian relationship, someone has to be the one pursuing, and everyone wants to be pursued. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's the plausible deniability, which we've talked a lot about in the Carol film as well, of like how much is are people trying to not get in trouble? Yeah, and that's the thing. I think like as a lesbian trans woman in, uh, I, I'm gonna say as a trans lesbian, I, I reversed the things I meant to say. I, <laughs> I put the wrong emphasis in the wrong syllable. Uh, but as a lesbian trans woman, and and maybe you can relate to this too, Alice, is that like in in 2022, whatever year this is, um, I feel like I can still kind of relate to that 50s oh, lesbian. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because like there is so much risk at hitting on even out lesbians now yeah. because you don't know what kind of possibly toxic attitude they have. Right. Toward. And there's also this added element of like you're saying about women, we want to be pursued instead of doing the pursuing. And there is a bit of me that feels like Am I kind of misgendering myself when I have mm. to be the pursuer? Like, am I, am I, if I'm taking mm. on the like masculine role of pursuing, sure. am I like, am I doing it because I feel like I'm being put into the male quote unquote role? There's a whole lot of gender nonsense to unpack yeah. with that. And then right. that is not a sexy way to begin any thought process when you're dating somebody <laughs> is like, hey, if me, is my showing interest to this person making me question like my gender performance? <laughs> like, it's a very, it's oh. a very wild thing. Okay. So, yeah, you're here. I'm just going to tell this story. I went on a date recently, Brett. and you don't get to say that. You don't get to <laughs> yeah, say that. Laser, who is like sending us picture, like screenshots of people flirting with Listen, them throughout the movie. Know. I just like saying brag. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
okay, I was on this date recently, Bracket. and it didn't... <laughs> was Good it, for you. Yeah, it wasn't going great. <laughs> I'm Alice. People love me. I have one date. I have one date every three months, <laughs> yeah, and y'all give me shit for trust it. Trust me, I know how you feel. Yeah. Um, It wasn't going great, and then, like, pretty, like, early in the conversation, she was like, so how do you identify sexually? And I was like... I guess I'm like a bottom, but I'm trying to learn how to switch. And she was like, oh, I'm a bottom too, so it's never going to work. And I was like, how do you know that when, like, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm just too sexually inexperienced. But the idea, I have this idea, this notion that, like, if I love someone, I'll figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And not feel like, well, brown peg goes in the square hole. That's never going to work. Don't even try. I think we should just create binaries wherever we can and <laughs> stick to them. And yeah, that's exactly. my rule. <laughs> And so it's just like that's right. It's the square peg, but 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 <laughs> I think, the I think, square hole. But I think that it, that that kind of gets at this idea of like someone wants to be pursued, someone does, someone wants, someone has to do the pursuing, someone has to be the masculine one or the or or mm-hmm. the top or whatever yeah. energy. Um, yeah, yeah, sucks. I think there's something to that because I always joke that I'm I'm a switch, which means I'm a I'm a top. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm a, I'm a top who's often disappointed. <laughs> like that's kind of the joke that I've yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't feel like Carol had to have these conversations. No. Because there was not. Because Carol's language. absolutely the top. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I never looked like that. Yeah. I, lo- I love I-, I love the moment where Carol has just given up her like coy seduction. And it's like, I'm just I'm, I'm undoing my robe behind you. And this is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, I'm look, tired of this game. Look, we wasted the beautiful Drake Hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're in Waterloo. What an awful name. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay, so, Riley. Yes. If it wasn't Carol and you had to watch a movie every week for just yourself, mm-hmm. what of the same movie would you watch? If it, And again, I know that Carol is a good option for you, so I'm taking yeah. it away. So, I don't... It's hard for me to do this nowadays. I think that as I've gotten older and I continue to not get medicated for my attention issues <laughs> that I have, it's really hard for me to watch the same thing over and over again. I think the closest I've come to it in earnest as in the last like five to ten years has been like there's periods of time where i watch at least a star wars movie at least once a week Hmm. um but there was a point in time in like right after high school early college when i really wanted to be like a director and i thought like um i I would watch a lot of movies on a regular basis like i think i saw almost famous i think almost famous is probably the closest i I would come Mm. to a movie like carol that i would watch once a week especially at that point in my life like Mm -hmm. like 1819 year um for a while, because I'm a big the Nic- year 1819. Yes, just to be clear, yeah. right? Okay. Um, I was a big fan. I'm I'm, I'm actually Ann Lister, a time traveler. All queer um, women are tra- time yeah, travelers. Exactly. This is just a piece of information we should be disseminating. Yeah, when you come out of the closet, the closet is actually the TARDIS. So I, <laughs> I watched High Fidelity a lot because I'm a big mm. Nick Hornby fan, and it's a pretty good adaptation of his book. So I watched that for a lot when I was like, you know, early college. Mm-hmm. Um. Carol, I did watch a lot, not once a week, but like once a day for a <laughs> yeah. few weeks, basically. It would go on for part of it. Um, I feel like I had a period of my time where if Shawshank Redemption was on TV, I would watch sure. it from wherever part it was playing on to the end of it. So these are all great, great choices. I'm trying to think of like what. I now. mean, the Star Wars theme seems to have paid off for you. Yeah. Um, so there's only a matter of time before you're writing a book about the setting of what high fidelity i don't know yeah chicago <laughs> yeah <laughs> or london depending on if you talk about the book or the movie yeah i mean they did just make a tv show out of high fidelity so they kind oh, of really? miss your boat yeah oh, damn well yeah. The, well the, novel, the novelization lot. of the tv show yes that's gonna be you. i think also chicago okay great yeah um also okay as an actress 
Um, what if you could do a movie in any era, fictional or non-fictional, or in past, present, or future? Where would you? What would you like to play? What kind of costumes and like world would you like to live in? I would love to do a kind of like. Sorry, my my, my brain just. I want to <laughs> do. I love the story of Julie Diabne, the uh, like the bisexual French opera singer swashbuckler. Oh, so I would love to <laughs> it do. Got really good yeah. at the end. There. <laughs> I would love to do your typical. I, feel, I probably shouldn't say it on a mic because I should write. I should just write it and sell yeah. it. But I would love to do. I would love to do your typical lesbian period piece, but with sword fighting. Like I want. Oh, I want all the yeah. longing stuff, but I want like your like Scarlet Pimpernel type story, but mm -hmm. instead of it being like Percy, this like noble aristocrat, it's actually like an aristocratic woman who's coming in and she has a lesbian like like love interest and stuff like that. I think that would be really that's fun great. to see I mean, happen. there's a lot of, um, that's incredible. And that makes me want to do that also because there was like a very brief time when I was brought into, because they were like, uh, we need a, a, a non-binary person to do this. But um, there are, pirates who have been suspected to be trans men or non-binary yeah. or whatever and like those as a not real but fictionalized version of that like Lizard, have you watched our flag means death i have okay okay I'm I, making sure you, uh, no no i, I know i know if you didn't know. no no yeah. i have but like uh but those the character there are there are two i don't know assigned female at birth we don't know what the situation is oh like mary bonnie and, yeah, yeah 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 and it's like that would be a great Our Flag Means Death type show of like these, like this, like rom com kind of situation with ladies and swords and yeah. bring in everybody, you if, know? If you've watched Gentleman Jack on HBO. Oh, which is, is that like, what that is? No, gen no, Gentleman Jack is more of a like Regency type, like it's, it's a landowner dealing mm -hmm. with like her mind, but also like wooing a woman. Mm -hmm. It's very much like a si sipping tea and discussing like cultural things but whenever ann lister walks around the city mm -hmm. it sounds like an action film like it's like there's <laughs> just really dramatic violin music like boom, 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 boom. and it's like what that is not what it sounds like that was a bad i'm not musical at all please loop but, that and yeah <laughs> but yeah there's there's like wild with like reckless abandon string music happening whenever yeah. she's walking around where you think she's walking into a duel at any given time <laughs> and so i want there to be a, i think that's why in my head that's what i would do if i could if i, if I had to do like a lesbian period piece therapy I love fighting I'm, I'm, I'm sure laser would be into that because they're watching the tutors right now i <laughs> are you? listen i a lot of people don't <laughs> complain about how much i talk about the tutors okay and and a lot of people are fine with it and i just i'm i'm trying to follow love and i'm trying to follow validation right now and i'm feeling really attacked and yeah and here's the thing the tutors is a great show about people who die a <laughs> lot <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm thinking like I want the favorite, but I want Rachel Vice and and Emma Stone to have a sword fight. Uh, I, I want this also. You know, if yeah. they had just had swords in the last third of Portrait of Lady on Fire involved sword fighting, I wouldn't have been surprised, honestly. Yeah, that's what I want. I that's want, fair. I want, yeah, I want Mary Mary Bonnie on a pirate ship, swashbuckling, and then swashbuckling. I just kind of want you in the next season of Our Flag Being Stabbed. I mean, do it, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I know Vico a little bit, so maybe they can hook me up. That'd we nice. just make it happen. I did. I did walk by Reese Darby on the streets, and so yeah. See, and I do believe he lives not far from your new neighborhood. So that oh, might be. Wait, 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 why are we doxing laser? They haven't even moved. <laughs> that's yet. why I didn't say where they were. I, if um, everybody knows where Reese Darby lives, also, also, yeah. also, like Vico is in like literally every show. Like, like they yeah. are in like 
Sex Lives of College Girls. They're and... in every show that needs a non-binary character. It's mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I met Vico years ago when they used to be a bartender at a bar in Sherman Oaks, California, and they were trying to start a queer night in a very like that's yuppie incredible. area. Yeah, it was it was very nice, and that's how I met them. That's amazing. They were the kind of bartender where you would tell them the liquor you like the most, and then they would make you the best drink you've ever had in your life with that mix in it. So. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. Yeah, their arc made me extremely glad. It was great, obviously. Um, not just because you can say your pronouns are they, Jim, and I think that that's a really good, <laughs> a really good bit. Okay, Alice. Um. Okay. Question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for us? Mm. As people who are continuing to watch Carol for the rest of the year. Oh, gosh. I or mean, concerns. I don't have any concerns. I right. have nothing but but praise and excitement for you. It feels like y'all are really enjoying it. So and I think it's like it's clearly come like a weekly bonding ritual for you as friends. So that's great. Um, I, I'm just going to say I'm still enjoying it. But every week I do worry that it's going to be the week where it turns for me. <laughs> And every time, every time Lasers talks about how happy I am, it's like, that's that's good. I don't know. One week they're going to look at me and it's going to be in horror. And <laughs> I'm not going to realize that it's happened. It's going to be like it's gonna be like one of those things where like I get injured and I don't realize it. I don't want to ruin Kate Blanchett for you. That would be really sad. I mean, I'm, I I think at this point it would be more about ruining, ruining Rooney Mara for It'd me. It would be Rooney Mara. Yeah. yeah. I think my advice, I think what you've done that is good is you kind of tend to find a different weird thing to obsess about each <laughs> sure. viewing and yeah, I, I get a whole box of them in the other room <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and i think that's kind of like the key is being you're not you're not necessarily because i think making sure you're not having the same experience every single time you watch mm. it yeah and it's like you said there is i think you talked about in the last episode where this is a movie that has so much more subtext to it than a base like broad comedy sure that like I think you're gonna you're gonna and that's like my experience that I was talking about earlier where I, my allegiances to which character I felt mm-hmm. more for have waned and changed a lot. So I feel like as the year goes on, I think just being open to letting yourself be drawn in different directions by the movie is oh, a good no. way to get through it. There are not there are not that many characters in this movie. It's gonna be fine. We're gonna get really into Freud for a couple <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Find up a hard stand at the end of this. But I end up some like weird MRA. <laughs> Men don't have enough rights in the courtroom. <laughs> but you're, you're never going to be on Florence's side, so you know that. Yeah, I don't That's know. Sure. She's Fred. just trying to uphold the values that she's been given. Um, okay. Well, we love you, Riley. Thank you for giving... I mean, I feel like I have a lot to think about for my next, like, three viewings Good. of the film. Yes. So yeah. I feel like you really revitalized us, and really, really appreciate that. Um, I have to ask you, first of all... I know you have a book coming out. I know you're on the internet. Where, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at Riley J. Silverman. And yes, I have a Star Wars book called Exploring Tatooine, an Illustrated Guide. That is your guide to all events that happen in the canonical Star Wars uh, stories on the planet of Tatooine. So Amazing. I was very, and also uh, relevant to this podcast because it does have a has a lesbian in it. So there you go, because there is a Star Wars character in the comics named Dr. Aphra, who I'm a giant oh, yeah. fan of. And she happens to have been on Tatooine in one of the Darth Vader comics that she's in. And so I made sure to put her in the book. So that's amazing. I dressed as her for WonderCon this year. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's there. It's, so it's, it basically it's fun because it's a mix of a lot of the stories that happen in the same location, but over different eras of Star Wars. And it's fun to see a lot of these characters kind of in one spot and kind of understand mm-hmm. the through lines of tales through it. So and some of our listeners will be especially happy to hear that Watto's in it. Yes. Some of our listeners, and by that you mean one of your other hosts. On well, show. yeah, we have some. We have we, some other. Yeah, 
We have some Watto stands. We, yeah. There are a lot of Watto stands. You'd be surprised. Watto Hive <laughs> is going to rise up in your mentions. <laughs> I, I'm I happy. Want every, I want love. everyone to tweet at Riley. Uh, um, Watto loves Carol. Hashtag Watto loves Carol. <laughs> okay, you can do that, but please also pre-order Exploring Tattoo. <laughs> as illustrate soon a guide as you order friendly the bookstore. Include the receipt of yeah. your order and then tweet Watto loves Carol. Yeah, that would be a fun thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, was that... We got you. We're you're Riley J Silverman on Twitter. Yeah, as if it still exists by the time that this uh, podcast goes up. Yeah, for real. And uh, get the awesome Tatooine book by Riley. But wait, I didn't mention. I had a car named Carol at one point. Oh and my that's god! Relevant to the show. I didn't, Riley, I didn't come up. it was in my notes. Yeah, I just want to let you know. It's a very Riley. brief story. It was a convertible, and it happened. I I bought it from my dad. It got shipped across the country, uh, and it arrived the day that I was actually the first thing I did in the car was drive over to my friend's Megan my friend Megan's house to watch Carol with her. And that's so incredible. I had to name the car Carol. It was a silver convertible, silver fox of a car. Oh my I god. Named it Carol. Yeah, it that's lasted incredible. nine months and then it got totaled in a car accident. Oof. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sad ending. Yeah, it is. Like most lesbian <laughs> stories. Um the uh I met a cat named Carol this week. I didn't Ooh. mention that. Um but the the cat of um the one of the co creators Welcome to Night Vale is named Carol after Carol Oh nice. <laughs> Which is incredible. I have met no one and interacted in no way with the movie Carol since the last time we recorded this podcast. Uh, I, I have a stack of lighters on my on this table that say otherwise. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, okay, so Riley, how would you like us to end the podcast? You know, uh, we, we need a line or a quote or... I think mine is in the scene where Carol... Not Carol. When Therese has just seen the books, the Lecture for Lesbians. Yes. And is talking to Richard about gay stuff. And... It's it's such a heightening. It's I love the delivery of it where she goes, You ever been in love with a boy? And he goes, No. But you've heard of it. Like <laughs> it's you've heard of it or you've heard about it. And I just like yeah, how yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. next logical step of like, okay, but you understand that gay stuff exists, don't you, Richard? It's just I love the that that's the very next thing she says. So so as we always say in the episode. But but you've heard of it. You've heard of it. Thank you, Riley. Thank you. Thank you. Living for you is easy living. It's easy to live when you're in love. And I'm so in love. There's nothing in life but you. The Best Idea of All Time is hosted by Laser and Alice. Our theme song is Easy Living, as performed by Flower. Find more information about them in our show notes. The show is edited and produced by me, Alice, and as our friend Tim Bat says, everyone should go to bestidea.gay. And if you have thoughts about the podcast, you can email us at at bestidea.gay. Please. Tell your friends about this show, especially if you are friends with Rooney Mara.